Opt-in is a place where you can come to get practical, actionable advice to propel your career and your life in the direction you want. So let's sit down, friend, and get comfortable. Have I got a story to tell you. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Opt-in Podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me this week because I am fired up. Yep, that's right. Fired up. I was talking to some friends the other day about, honestly, some frustrating circumstances within their companies. And I decided we needed to just rip the Band-Aid off here in the opt-in community and start talking about money. I know. Nobody likes to talk about it. Everybody wants to know about it, though. That's the really interesting thing. Um, If you just had a candid conversation with one of your best friends, you'd find out pretty quickly that both of you would love to know what the other one was making, and also have way too much grace to ask. So we're ripping the Band-Aid off here because I think that it's just nonsense. But we're really going to be focusing on one specific topic today. And it's all about the point of view that corporations have about their employees working more than one job Um, and introducing side hustles into their lives and how you, if that's something that you want to be doing or it's what you're actively doing, can go back into those companies and make sure that you can advocate for yourself if the topic comes up. So I'm going to share a little bit of uh, data for you. We'll talk through a story or two that I have. And then I want to be able to give you some advice on how to handle conversations when these topics come up so that you know what to do and you're prepared long before they ever happen. So just to get us all acclimated to this super uncomfortable conversation about money, here's some facts for you. 78 of Americans have more than one job. More than one. Now, the data shows that most of these are one full-time job and then one or more part-time jobs, but more than one where people are pulling a W-2 in IRS terms. That percentage surprised me. And when you take a look at that in comparison to this next stat, it's a little bit mind-blowing because in 2022, 45% of Americans reported having a side hustle. Almost half of all Americans have something that they would identify as a side hustle. Well, why is that, we ask? This data is pretty easy to explain. It's because the median income of a U.S. worker is $53,000. And for a woman, it's less than $45,000 on an annual basis. When you pair that with the average cost of owning a home is $344,000 and the average cost of raising one child to the age of 17. So we're not even talking college people or high school graduation. It's $233,000. So if you're like me and you have three of those little rugrats, you are the lucky, lucky person that's spending three quarters of a million dollars just to keep those humans alive until they reach the age of 17. How this can all be achieved on an annual salary that is on average somewhere between 44 and 53,000, I'm not really sure. So yes, of course, 7.8% of Americans have more than one job. And yes, of course, 45% of them have a side hustle. 
Because if you make $450,000 or more in the United States, you are the top 1% of all earners in America. I am not talking millionaires, people. I'm not even talking half a million dollars. I'm talking gross income at $450,000. You're in the top 1%. With all of this data, it's no wonder that so many people are trying to find a way to earn more. Now, with all of that said, the intangibles come into play too. Because when you ask that 45% of people that have a side hustle, why? One of the first things that they're going to tell you is that they started it so they could have something of their own, where they made the rules. They worked when they wanted to. Their effort directly translated to their bank account. They wanted to own something and they knew that they would not be able to do that in the corporate world. And quite frankly, they don't want to be entrepreneurs. They don't want to throw it all in for the risk of being one of the lucky few to make it big. 45% of Americans start side hustles to get more money, to have authority and autonomy, to gain respect from their peers, and to have a more comfortable life. This is real and it's emotional and it's raw and nobody wants to talk about it. Now, I have had some form of a side hustle since like 2016. I'm not even really sure the first time that I started a network marketing business. And I can tell you that the first one that I started, oh, was it a bad idea? Just bad. I started it because I thought it would be a quick way to get some fast cash. I was sold on the dream. And I quickly realized that it's not a good idea to try to sell stuff that you A, don't use, and B, don't like. Um, and so that fizzled out really, really fast. What I did learn, though, was that I enjoyed getting to decide how I wanted to do things. I enjoyed interacting with real humans and helping them solve a problem outside of a big corporation and large business context. I enjoyed thinking creatively and how to market and sell these products. And so all of those things were things I couldn't get at work. It was in 2016, I guess I was an operations executive or pretty darn close and in the midst of all that merger and acquisition nonsense. And I didn't have a lot of joy at work. So the side hustle was a place where I could find enjoyment. Now, like I said, that fizzled out really, really fast. Because in the end, the money did not overcome my lack of enjoyment of the products. And I personally can't sell something I don't use. So I exited that really fast. Um, and then I didn't re-enter the network marketing game until 2020. And I did so because I found a product that I loved and used and was telling people about. And then I realized that I might as well make the money instead of putting the money in somebody else's pocket. And so initially, I started my network marketing business, you know, just to get a discount, to be honest. And then I realized that I was having a lot of fun with it. And then I realized I was making a lot of money. Uh, a lot of money for what my expectations were, I should say. Um, and I still have the thing and it's alive and well now. Um, now that's a really rosy picture of me starting a side hustle and keeping a side hustle. But the fact of the matter is that 
the company I worked for did not like it. They did not. Um, before, so we're going to, we'll go through the story a little bit because I think it's important. When I decided to start the business in 2020, I was a C-suite executive. I was an officer of the company. So I went through everything. I went through every corporate handbook. I went through every policy document. I went through everything, conflict of interest, you name it, social media guidelines. I went through all of the things. And I knew that I wasn't going to be violating any rules or any guidelines as long as I stayed kind of the path that I was on. Um, And I had very intentionally not spoken about my corporate jobs specifically on my social media accounts. There's a pretty solid distribution. If you go on LinkedIn, you can see where I work and what I do. Um, But if you're on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever else, that's we don't talk about that there. It just isn't the place for me to be doing that. And I would strongly encourage you to also have a division, but we can get into that. I, you know, I'm going to get off, sidetracked and off. So anyway, uh, before I launched my business in 2020, I made sure I wasn't going to break any rules. I knew what all the rules were. I knew what all the guidelines were. I was confident that I could do this. And I started. And for a while, things were fine. They were good. Business was growing. I was having a lot of fun. Um, It was a pandemic, so I had nothing but time on my hands. And then um, we got to the time of the year where we needed to submit our conflict of interest paperwork. I did so happily. Um, I submitted it. It cleared, by the way, because the business I was in and the corporate business that I was in are clearly not in competition with each other. What I didn't expect, though, was... That while I had no connections, followers, etc., to my day job and my social channels, people were out there and they were watching. And they knew what I was doing. And they had an opinion about whether or not it was appropriate that I have a side hustle and be a C-suite executive and an officer of the company. And so while I was not violating any policies and... I was not leveraging my network or the name of the company that I worked for to try to grow this other business. There became a lot of pressure to let it go. And there was a lot of implied points of view that a person at my level with my responsibility is just not appropriate that you have a side hustle. In fact, I had one conversation during this period of time where somebody said to me very directly, you're sending a message that we don't pay you enough. Well, guess what, friends? They did not. One of the reasons that I had this other business was to have an additional stream of income. And by the way, it's not just the income, it's the tax write-offs. The amount of things that I was able to write off as a business expense purely because I had started this other business was astounding. And so while the cash was nice, the write-offs were even better, to be very, very candid. Um, And so as we were having this conversation, I was a little bit floored that it was my responsibility to keep the reputation of the company intact from perceptions like... We don't pay our employees well, so they have to go get second jobs. Nobody once asked me why I did it. Nobody once ever asked me what the benefits uh, for me as an employee, you know, would would be to be able to do it. Instead, it was all about appearances. And their 
point of view that it was beneath me to be in that business. Now, I'm going to stop here because what's important to note is that there were other individuals inside of the company that had their own businesses that, you know, were um, consulting businesses or other things. And they were open about the fact that they had these businesses and nobody questioned whether or not they should. Nobody questioned how they were spending their time. Nobody questioned whether or not it was the appropriate thing to do or if there was a conflict of interest. No, no, no. You see, because these people had what was perceived to be legitimate business ventures, nobody commented. And in some cases, employees promoted these business options to other people. It was only when I quietly started a network marketing business that it became an issue. Now, one could argue it was my level of seniority and my visibility and me, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. But at the end of the day, I worked for the company sal- as a salary employee for 40 hours a week. That does not mean that the company gets to tell me how to spend the rest of my time unless I'm standing out there and, you know, company branded apparel and I'm using the company's name to, to sell whatever I'm selling. Um, but it was a really difficult period of time. I had a lot of pressure to stop what I was doing. And friends, I did not. And I did not because it wasn't so much at that point about me, but it was about everybody else. If I capitulated, that meant the next person who maybe didn't have as much authority or influence as I did attempted to do the same thing, they would be forced not to. And that could be incredibly impactful to their livelihood. Can you imagine if somebody applied for a position, they got hired at a job, they had had this side hustle going on forever and ever and ever, and then when it was found out after they had been hired and they were told to stop it, what that could do to them, just from a mental health standpoint, from a financial livelihood standpoint, it would be horrible. So I didn't back down. I maintained that I was going to continue with what I was doing. I offered to let them investigate and research and monitor and do all of the things that they felt like they needed to do, which quite frankly was a violation of my employee rights. And it continued to be an underlying common narrative for the remainder of the time that I was at the company. I had people joke about it. I had people kind of do like wink, wink, nod, nod. Is that your retirement plan? Um, I took a lot of heat for it. And frankly, it pissed me off because you see these statistics that I shared with you earlier were also very similar to the ones in 2020. Half of all people have a side hustle of some sort, whether it's doing handyman work on the weekends, whether it's doing plumbing repairs or using their electrician certification, even though they work in the corporate world or whether it's working for a nonprofit, the majority of American citizens do more than one thing. Now, let's talk about this nonprofit thing for a minute because I can get all wound up about this as well. So my experience in the corporate setting was that it was taboo to have a side hustle and I was shamed for it and I didn't care. 
I didn't care. In fact, it lit my fire just a little bit more. And so I put my foot extra hard down on the gas pedal to just kind of prove them wrong. And I did because then I loudly and brazenly communicated to them how much my annual income had increased because I had this business and then asked if they were planning to compensate me for that if I walked away from it. Of course, they were not, right? They didn't want me to do it, but they didn't want to incentivize me to stop. So with that said, as I was spending a lot of time stewing and not being my best self on this topic, what I also realized is that this exact same company, and there are many, many more of them out there because I've had this conversation numerous times across my network, was paying employees to volunteer. Many companies these days provide at least one, if not more than one volunteer day to you a year paid. And then they also sponsor events throughout the year. You can spend a half day at a food bank or you can um, go to your child's school and volunteer or you name it, fill in the blank. So while I was being criticized for spending my time outside of work, for which I didn't get paid, to do something that was important to me, People were getting paid to go volunteer. In fact, I knew many, many people that had spent more hours of their weeks and months volunteering and working for nonprofits without pay than I did on my side hustle. And what I can't reconcile is why working for free, because that's what working for a nonprofit is, is acceptable but working for pay is not. And I am not a martyr, friends, so I should really clarify here. I think you should volunteer to your heart's content. If that's what you love to do, if you like to give your time to projects and causes that you're passionate about, please, please, please do so. This is not a criticism on anybody that is doing those things. But what I just can't reconcile is that on one hand, people that provide their time in trade for an output in a nonprofit are celebrated. And those that provide their time to guarantee their own personal livelihood are harassed. So, you know, I don't have a good answer for this. I don't want to encourage people to not volunteer, but I also want to encourage that all things are created equal. We should be respectful of how anybody chooses to use their time when they're not in the office. It's your time. It's your personal experience in life. Be it volunteering, be it having a side hustle, be it coaching a youth sports team, be it going to plays and theaters and museums, be it traveling, be it whatever, sleeping, be it sleeping or running marathons or whatever you want it to be. We should respect how people decide to spend their time without criticism and refrain from providing negative comments because it's really none of our business. So as I said, that side hustle, still got it, still got the network marketing business. I love it, it's great, it's fun. For me, it's a hobby. For other people, it's a way of life. For 45% of Americans, it's an additional stream of income. 
What's important to note is that there are benefits to corporations when they have employees who do more than one thing to generate income. Benefits, real, tangible benefits. So if you are in a situation where you, A, want to start doing something on the side, B, are already, or C, think that maybe you want to start a real, legitimate business venture, and it can be anything, friends. You want to start a bakery. You want to start a coaching business. You want to start a car wash, right? All legitimate business ventures. And you want to do it outside of your corporate job working hours. What you need to be prepared to have with you is solid argumentation around the value that it's going to bring to your day job for you to extend yourself in after-hours business activities. That's right. You need to be able to spin it. I know this sounds ridiculous, but let me tell you, friends, you don't want to get into a situation where you get surprised and backed into a corner and then you're having to explain why your company shouldn't be irritated with you about spending your time working on something other than what they pay you to work on. So here's what you do. You create a list of all of the skills that you've had to master, that you've had to learn, that you've had to use in your other business venture, whatever it might be. For example, as soon as you have more than one job, side hustle, etc., you need to improve your time management skills. You need to learn how to maximize the time that you have, prioritize what you have on your plate, and deliver with quality and execute consistently. That's a huge win for your company because in the end, the time management skills that you develop are going to mean that you as an employee are more productive. You're more efficient. You can add tangible value to the bottom line of the company. This is a win-win for everybody. And you're acquiring those skills not on their dime. The next one, leadership skills. Argue with me if you want, but as soon as you start on your own business venture, whatever it is, you're in charge. You're in charge of you. You're in charge of anybody else you asked to join you. You are in charge. And these people are not the same people as your corporate people. Their personalities aren't the same. Their way of thinking isn't the same. How they set priorities isn't the same. So now you need to learn how to lead. And maybe you've never done that before. So you're actually starting to learn and demonstrate skill that you're going to need in the future at the corporation. But also you're going to be learning how to do conflict resolution, how to motivate people that have different dominant motivation characteristics. You're going to have to figure out how to have tough conversations if somebody's underperforming. You're going to have to figure out how to hire and fire. You're going to have to figure all of those things out. You learn how to be a people manager and a leader. You learn how to be compelling with a vision. You learn how to strategically plan and then execute on that plan. Those are invaluable skills to a corporation. And again, 
They don't have to pay for you to acquire those skills. They don't have to go through the growing pains with you. You're coming in at least half-baked, if not fully baked on that skill set. Win-win for your company. And any business venture that you do, you are actively broadening your network. You are talking to people. You are meeting people. You are building connection. And any business on the planet, big corporation or small, always needs new employees, always needs new clients, always needs new leads. If your network is big and strong and engaged, it's only a benefit to the company. You never, ever know who knows somebody. For example, and I'm just going to give you this example. Last week, I was at training. I was talking to somebody that I know pretty well. I've gone to this training with her before. I mentioned a new business venture. We started talking and she said, oh, I can connect you with X. And he has a ton of connections for the profile of the person that you're looking for. Let's connect you to and off you go to the races. I would have never, ever put her on my leads list. Never once. I wouldn't have thought to reach out to her and say, hey, can you connect me with somebody? Didn't even dawn on me. But because she's in my network and we are engaged and have conversation, I identified she's going to be able to help me immensely move the needle when I'm ready to have those connections, those warm leads in my environment. Something like that that you get from your alternative business venture is exactly what your company is going to need. And they don't know when they're going to need it, but you will have the fast track on the sorts of leads that they're looking for because you've invested time in growing your network. Now, there's a lot of other things that you can learn with these businesses. You can learn how to manage finances. So maybe in your day job, you have nothing to do with profit and loss or a balance sheet. But in your side business, you need to figure that out. That's a huge benefit to the company because they don't have to send you to financial training. They don't have to have their financial analyst spend a bunch of time with you explaining basic financial terms because you already know because you learned it from that other gig out on the side. These are the things, and it's just a short list, that you can start to communicate to your company. Like, this is so... Look at all of this value that this other thing is bringing to you. This is how I'm showing up and being a better employee. This is how I'm showing up and I'm up-leveling myself constantly without having to take time away from the delivery and the value I'm adding to the company because I'm doing it over here when I'm not at work. Having a side hustle, having your own business, having a second job, all that that does is give you greater work experience. It broadens your perspective. It increases your sphere of influence. It makes you a better employee. You have the way to sell this to your company. This shouldn't be something that you're ashamed of. In fact, it should be something that's celebrated, in my opinion. Now, I promised I'd speak a little bit about money. So before we wrap up this conversation today, I want to do just that. Americans don't make enough money. They don't. Um, And then when you factor in things like student debt, the high price of housing, cost of living, etc., the fact of the matter is, 
Americans don't make enough money. Americans are overworked. They don't use their time off. And when they get the time off and they're told to use it, they often don't have the discretionary income to actually do anything that they would enjoy. These are all, these are all true facts. And in another podcast and in another day, I will share my money story and how even though I thought that those numbers were very big, in reality, three kids and what is now four dogs and living in California and the income taxes that we have and et cetera is really expensive. And that big lot of money that I thought in my 20s would make me be rich and famous is me skating by right? That's the reality. And so a lot of you are in a circumstance where you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're extending on credit cards, you're waiting for your annual bonus to come in so that you can kind of get back to zero and then you just tread water until that next bonus comes in. And the reality is that if you're making $53,000 or $44,000 or I don't know, even double those numbers, you likely need another source of income. You're not going to get rich inside of somebody else's company. There are very few people that are going to have those amazing stories of we got in early, I got a ton of equity and we IPO'd and I became a billionaire. Or I rose through the ranks and I ended up working as a CEO of Fortune 100 company and I just was printing cash. Very few people have that experience. Most people sit in the middle inside companies. And we need people inside the middle because that's really actually where all of the work gets done. It just doesn't pay well or enough or sufficiently. And the reality is that because of that, we are always looking for other ways to earn money, whether it's buying real estate and renting out that real estate whether it's day trading, whether it's playing the securities market, whether it's I can keep going on and on and on. We all have ways that we're finding extra income where we're producing the opportunity to have new income portals, whatever they may be. And that's because we will never get rich inside of somebody else's company. And quite frankly, the statistics on this do not lie. You're also not going to get rich having your own company. The The likelihood that you hit, you know, that 0.01%, not the 1%, but even less than that of the centimillionaires or the billionaires is just the odds are against you, just the facts. And so if you want to live a good life and a stable life and a comfortable life, that means you have to find other ways to earn money besides your day job. It's just the reality that we're in. I would love to tell you that things are going to change and they're going to have a different circumstance, but that's just where we are today. Now, getting loud about salaries and doing comparisons and talking about the gender pay gap and don't even get me started about what happens when you have diversity and ethnicity in the mix because the pay stats get even worse. But the fact of the matter is that most Americans today who work inside somebody else's company need to earn income in more than one way. And there is no shame in that. There's no shame. It's just data and facts. And so I'm doing this podcast because I want to give you permission to be vocal about the other opportunities you have in your life that are A, bringing you joy and B, bringing you money. 
the more we talk about it, the more we normalize that multiple streams of income are a necessity here in the United States. That focusing on just your corporate job for as long as you want is never going to get you to that place of comfort. Now, other circumstances might. Your kids may grow up and grow out, right? That expense goes away. You'll eventually pay off your house. That expense will go away. It's the in-between. It's those decades where you have small humans at home who are literally eating pounds of food a day. It's those decades where you're just driving in circles, dropping everybody off, and you're either paying for gas or electricity to run your car. It's those small pockets of time where family vacations are exciting. And you're spending money on Mickey ears and overpriced balloons. That's when you need the money. And if that means that you get to sell makeup or skincare or nutrition products that you love and make a kickback income on it, so be it. My point of view is every time somebody offers me an affiliate code, if I'm using the product, it's a heck yes, because I'm going to refer that to people. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share it. And if I can get 10 cents back for every purchase somebody makes, great. That's more, 10 cents more than what I had. We need to normalize the fact that we're not getting paid enough and we're not going to sit by and wait for the day that everybody realizes it and decides to fix it because they won't. Maybe instead, we need to be vocal about the fact that we're taking action and we're aggressively ensuring our future is secured by doing whatever it takes. So friends, I don't know what your circumstance is, but today I just wanted to share I have lots of streams of income. Some of them are small, as low as 100 bucks. Some of them are significantly greater than that. And the diversification and the effort that I put into them make me a better employee at my nine to five. They have taught me how to manage my time. They've taught me how to lead. They've really broadened my network. They've taught me how to speak to all sorts of people from all walks of life with grace and empathy and humor and respect. And I'm a better person because of those experiences. So if you've been quiet about your side hustle or your other job or your business venture that you're working on, it's time to speak up. It's time to share. It's time to be proud of what you're doing because you made a choice to invest in yourself so that you could have a better life. And friends, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. If this podcast helped you in any way at all, or you have friends out there that are considering starting a side hustle or a second business or getting a second job and could use some encouragement, please share this with them. It's all about helping each other succeed and giving us the tools to do it. And until we talk again, please remember, you are strong, you are capable, you are wise, and I believe in you. Hey friend, 
Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many people as possible succeed in the corporate world. And if this episode resonated with you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is to screenshot this episode and share on your social media. Or even better yet, follow the show and rate and review this episode. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, you can find me on Instagram at Melissa underscore Franks. 